we are. It's Sunday. We're sweating. Oh, yeah. Sunday fun day. Hot out there? And we have been rocking the mid to upper 80s. We dabbled into a little 90s, even with the excessive chemtrails, man. They were spraying us like crazy uh, two days uh. ago. N- it just didn't work. The solar radiation management, just not enough uh, to deter the heat. We're, we're yeah, cooking. Yeah, it's hot. That sun is baking, you know? It almost makes me think they're doing the chemtrailing to block the sun because they don't want to see that we're actually boiling like frogs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they just don't want the truth to come out to the public, right? Like, you know, you're actually, you know what I'm saying, though? We kind of base all this information with, you know, the age of the earth and the sun. And it kind of seems like, remember the dude who was out there this past year talking about the um, cataclysm that happens every 12,000 years or whatever, how there's probably been yeah. ancient societies. It's possible we don't actually know how old the earth is. And what if then we're totally way off with how old or young the star we go around is? Maybe our sun is closer to being a white dwarf than we realize i think that stuff we pretty much got like it's pretty easy to determine the age of the planet it's a lot harder to determine how long humans have been on the planet good call and you're right we do have a good idea of what we're doing here uh, on a spatial astral level and if you need proof just talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson. The guy was able to figure out exactly where they had Barbie's house in the movie Barbie <laughs> by the longitudinal and latitudinal, you know, difference of where the sun and moon were appearing in the sky. Yeah. So you're the self-proclaimed smartest man of our generation. And how are you spending your time arguing with people on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, about <laughs> yes. where Barbie's world is? Yeah, man. So funny. That was a good one. You you shot that my way uh, right before we went live tonight or today. You know, uh, I had already done the clippings and I was heading out to lunch. So I, you know, couldn't really throw it together for the docket, but I found it very funny. It was a couple of weeks old, right? (laughs) I think that was his last appearance on Colbert. Maybe even the last time Colbert went live. We have been uh, devoid of Colbert clips because he got COVID last week. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Are they still doing that? Oh, dude, come on. He's Mr. Vaccine with the dancing needles, man. Yeah, he has to do the whole dance where he tested positive because he's responsible. He's still testing himself for the COVID, and he stayed home. He quarantined. He did, like, a few podcasts or at-home shows or something. Wow. Yeah, man. Stephen Colbert, still yeah. a shill. For I think I can play Pfizer. this if you want to uh, listen to it. Oh, you have the, you have the Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah. You want to hear it? I, I actually found it to be entertaining and humorous. Absolutely. That's so stupid. I understand you recently cracked the code on Barbie. No, I noticed that the moon was shown <laughs> in the view in Barbie land. And I said, okay, that orientation predetermines the latitude on Earth where this location oh, could so be. Smart, yeah. Okay. Then the sun rose and set over the water. That's another indication. A third indication is there are palm trees. So, so Barbie Land had to be somewhere between 20 and 40 degrees north latitude from the moon. It below 30 degrees pretty much because it had palm trees and it had to have water to the east and the west. Oh, yeah. And if it's on the continental United States, it meant it was on the southern tip of Florida or any one of the Florida Keys. And, and I tweeted that, so I X'd it, and, and people lost their minds. I'm just putting a little science to Barbie. It makes sense. I love it. Yes, man. Oh, God, I hate that guy. He's an actor, and I am a huge fan <laughs> He's of He's an actor, dude. I also am a huge fan. Barbie and Ken, clearly Republicans. They live in DeSanctimonious state of Florida, right? <laughs> nice little touch there. Oh, yeah. Dude, but the best part about the video, you got to look close. He's got something weird going on with his hair. Like, he's definitely balding, but has, like, the painted in. Oh, yeah. He definitely did some, like, weird plugs and, like, now has to thicken it up or something. I don't know. It's not... It's not looking right. You, you know? are a fellow baldman, so you have a way of kind of, you know, eagle-eyeing these kind of details. <laughs> oh, noticed. that's a hair plug transplant right. gone bad that now they have to thicken up with that wow. powder. 
Yeah, they might even do a little paint. Yeah, uh, maybe he's going the Carlos Boozer route, you know, just going the full paint on. Uh, he's going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. What an idiot. <clears throat> oh, I love it, man. Good stuff. Uh, you know, that's, that's what we need. We need people crunching the numbers of Barbie. Yeah, that's what's no good. He's a total actor. Like, like what is your job? <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm assuming taxes are paying your salary. Uh, we... <laughs> no, nobody else would pay you for... I don't even know what it is you're doing. Well, uh, I had a second job this weekend. Em and I are dog-sitting. You ever done the dog-sitting? I try not to. Yeah, it's a thing most people try to avoid. Uh, not bad for us, because we got the cats, uh, the dog and the cats, man. Uh, tried and true. They just chase each other all day. It's fantastic. And they Fighting both... like cats and dogs. Fighting like cats and dogs, <laughs> man. Like Democrats and Republicans. Uh, and so they're, uh, we've been watching them all weekend, and we've had this beautiful weather, like I was explaining earlier, and it's been perfect timing with the dog here. And it's actually been nice at nighttime, uh, the animals absolutely exhausted from just uh, going nuts all day long. So it's been been nice. been a big positive. Uh, but we did take a break from the dog sitting uh, last night. Got invited to go to a steak dinner for a friend's fortieth birthday. Wow, over the hill, man! I'm already there where we're going to the fortieth birthday parties. Ooh. Yeah, dude, it was it was a wild one. Great times. We went to the Chop House down in downtown Denver. It's a world famous place. Fantastic food. I had an enormous steak, and I gotta say, rarely do I have opportunities where I can really kind of boast about my abilities. But for some reason, and maybe it's because of the type of men that are in Denver these days, but. I impressed all the men at that table with my steak-eating abilities, I gotta say. Oh. With my plate-clearing uh, procedures, if you now, will. Now, were they actually impressed at how much you ate, or were they impressed that you ate that much for your fig? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes and yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a combination, man. So my steak-eating prowess was on full display last night, and I wowed the table of gentlemen uh, with my ability to consume a giant piece of cooked meat. It's good times. Congratulations. Thank you, almost thank you. Man. Yeah, I was yeah, almost, almost there. But the highlight of the evening, which is why I want to bring it up, was uh, the Broncos game is today, and this was the night before. And across the street, we thought we would dip into a bar that we felt wouldn't be too busy because there were no sporting events going on and it's a typical sporting event bar and so we figured we could dip in quickly have a you know chug a beer and maybe throw down a quick shot before the dinner you know what i'm saying be a little bit loosened up for some conversation right and so we uh slip into the bar across the street and i am not exaggerating every single table on a multi-level bar filled to the brim with green bay packer fans I've never seen anything like it before in my life. Like they all traveled there? Dude, yes. We went to the bar and ended up chatting it up with a couple. Uh, They were a very lovely duo in their 60s, retired. They met while on tour with the Grateful Dead in the 80s. Uh, just a wonderful uh, you know, set of people, and they explained to us that the entire group there, this entire filled bar with, I have to imagine, 500-plus people. I, I'm not wow. exaggerating. Like, it was absolutely jam-packed with the cheese heads, the Packer gear. Everyone was just totally, like, you know, dressed up to the, to the nines or whatever. Uh, and, you know, it was just a, a huge Packer gathering, they all bust out there from Green Bay for the game. Crazy. What a fan base, man. Yeah. And it's the one team, I believe, owned by the, by the public. <clears throat> like, There's no owner yeah. of the Green Bay Packers. It's the city and the people and the taxpayers who own the Packers. Something like that. I, I, don't, I forgot what they said, but it's kind of bullshit. But it's just really an agreement that they can't ever leave. 
Yeah, and I think it's something along the... The dude was explaining it to us. Like, they were all season ticket holders, and so they get a cut of the pie, and then they get to go on these adventures and do all this stuff. And You know, hey, man, it's a cool community. It seemed like a wild time. These days, when we're all just glued to our phones and stuck inside and quarantining like Stephen Colbert, it's refreshing (laughs) to meet some true-blooded Americans just traveling across the country on a bus with some Packer fans, you know, to, like, go see a uh, football game. Uh, where they're going to yeah, dismantle the Broncos. The Broncos are shit, so it's going to be fantastic for them. That is crazy. I think we should go back to the days where, like, it has to just be guys from your city. On, right. the, team, on yeah. the team, you know? I like that, actually. Yeah, you, you have to originally live there to be on the team. Like, you got to be here at least 10 years before you can be on the team, buddy. You know? So, uh, before we went out for the evening, Emma puts on this... Um, you know, like, a, what kind of is a feminized version of a man's dress shirt, right? And she's got one half of the shirt tucked in on the front side. Ooh, sexy. And she says, uh, <laughs> she says, what do you think? And I said, you know, is this the look you're going for? Like, uh, it looks like you just walked out of the bathroom and mis- <laughs> mistucked a section, you know? I'm not sure if you you meant to get the full tuck on or the no tuck, but you you. Just, I think they're going. For, I think that's like the after sex look. You're in a quick run out of the toilet, and you just somehow one part of your clothing got tucked in there. And she said, "No, this is the new look. This is the look that all all the women are doing." And she showed me some pictures. You know, the Taylor Swifts out there doing the half tuck, mm. untuck, something tuck. And that's the new look. And uh, I said, all right, you know, well, you're beautiful enough to pull off any type of look. That's the new fad, right? But um, she kind of like, you know, was questioning me a little further. And I'm like, well, you know, honestly, it looks like you just came out of the bathroom unsure of where to put your clothing. <laughs> that's what it looks like, man. <laughs> she had- did Taylor do it? Taylor, I think, did do it, but she uh, she opted for a more less modernized, I guess, version, and we got into a long conversation about it. Uh, you know about how you know a lot of styles, a lot of fads, a lot of looks come and go, but not all of them are great, right? They they may come through our culture, but they're kind of shitty. No, that's why they go. They're stupid. You know what? You know what? <laughs> you know what hasn't gone out in a hundred years? Levi jeans and a Carhartt sweatshirt. Well, she even it's not stupid. She's like, who am I? Who are you to give me fashion advice? You've been wearing a t-shirt and jeans for thirty years. And I said, exactly. I think I'm Tom the exact. I'm the exact person to be giving out this fashion. Like, I'm the man. I'm the one you want some info from. I landed on this style twenty years ago. I haven't changed. I haven't had to. Tried and true. Uh, and speaking of sticking to old ideas and old concepts, I came across a segment on CBS, and I thought you would be really interested in it. Uh, I've been really hung up on how something kind of culturally changed here 10 or so, 15 years ago, mostly around the time when the iPhone hit the scene, and we all started just zombieing out on our uh, dark little screens in our hand here, and uh, they've kind of done a deep dive, looked at some of the numbers, and realized, hey, you know what? These cell phones and the social media thing, not a great experiment on the kids. We kind of messed up some of the kids over the last 10 years because of this. And you don't need any, you know, concrete proof. Look at the rise in anxiety and uh, gender dysphoria and, you know, depression, man. Like, you know, just... They all kind of, the numbers and the graphs kind of coincide and ride along the same parallel with the, you know, the cell phones and the social media. So there's a school out there doing something crazy, something experimental and wacky that I think maybe everybody should pay attention to. For students at Newburgh Free Academy in New York, the first assignment of the day, locking their phones in pouches made by the company Yonder for seven hours, including lunch. It was a bit of a shock for some students when the policy was introduced four years ago. Here, students walk with their heads up in the hall, socialize and laugh in the lunchroom, and focus on what teachers like Dennis Marr are saying. That's the beauty of this. It's a game changer, yeah. It's night and day. I saw kids' faces again. According to the CDC, in the 10 years leading... Just right there, that should make you cry. I mean, I mean come it, on, It really dude. did, dude. That is... 
That is so heartbreaking. Yes, dude. That is beautiful and in the worst way, man. Wow, to see their faces again. And then like the flip they're pointing up kids are talking and laughing in the lunchroom again. Oh man, the the video of this of the going through the hall, it like looks like twenty years ago when we were in school or whatever, you know, when like you know, we didn't have cell phones to stare at, so what did we do? It sounds crazy, kids, I know, but we talked to each other and had conversations. Dude, I remember going to college after the Army. Like, by the time I went to the UIC, that was, like, maybe six, seven years, about actually about seven, eight years after high school. I couldn't believe walking to the cafeteria. It was like a library, dude. Oh. Nobody, was, nobody was talking. People were, like, the few people that were were whispering, like, you would see somebody show somebody something on their cell phone, but that was everybody was just staring at their phones. Heartbreaking and devastating, and I think we wrecked a generation of people. I really do believe that. We were fortunate. Yeah. We were very fortunate to not get exposed to this at such a young age, you know, but the, the kids who were just, who grew up through the social media cell phone experience and experiment of the last 10 years, that you know, they, they have a lot of work to do to get back to, you know, socializing on a normal level. Up to the pandemic, feelings of persistent sadness and hopelessness, as well as suicidal thoughts and behaviors, increased by about 40%, while test scores, especially in math for grades 4 and 8, saw the biggest decline on record. While there's debate on whether technology, including phones, deserves much of the blame for these trends, social psychologist Jonathan Haidt says it's the only explanation. So it wasn't the pandemic that did this to us. This was all starting in the early 2010s, and the only explanation anyone can offer for why this happened all over the world is the phones. Haidt is the author of The Coddling of the American Mind and started researching Gen Z in 2015 when cases of anxiety and depression started to rise. He says in 2010, most teenagers had flip phones they use for texting, a tool to help them connect in person. But between 2010 and 2015, smartphones changed the landscape, inundating people with notifications, group chats, and social media. Smartphones are basically kryptonite for learning. When children have a phone in their pocket, and most schools say you have to keep your phone in your pocket, you can't use it during class, which is like saying in a, you know, in a, in a drug detox clinic, you can keep your heroin in your pocket, just don't shoot up, don't shoot up. <laughs> if kids have access to a phone, they will text, they will check their social media, they will not pay attention to the teacher or to each other in person. Back at Newburgh Free Academy, students lock up their phones and leave them in the classroom all day. Dude, the I gotta tell you, <clears throat> sorry, I haven't interrupted, but... No, the, man, this, the, I find this fascinating, the, man. This is crazy. I, I t told you when I started the plumbing class at the Union... Yeah, man. Uh, ...they wouldn't let any phones in. But now, a, lot, a new guy took over. They're trying to, like, revamp it, make, modernize it. And now you have to have your phone. Oh, Wow. Because now we sometimes do quizzes on our phones, tests on the phone, you know, and I'm telling you right now, I never want, like, I literally don't have an urge to check it until, like, this one class, the guy makes you put it on the, on the table so he can see if you're using it, right? That's crazy. And it's like, being on the table, I find myself constantly checking it, just because it's there, you know? It's a weird... Yeah, I'm telling you, we got to get back to books. I'm yep. a huge fan of the books, and I was at this uh, party last night. The fellow who turned 40, I asked him what was new in his life and what he was going to continue pursuing in these next 40, right? And he said, I've gotten really back into reading, and I'm reading like a book every two weeks, and I, I want to I keep going down that path. And I was like, that, I'm doing, I'm like, I'm in that boat with you man that's wonderful let's get back to analog man let's get off these phones and off these computer screens yeah you have to so that this is it uh our brains <laughs> it did something man i think we'll just look back like the last 10 years we've gotten really toxic and everybody's so extreme we got extremists on both sides man We're going to get to that. Uh, Bill Maher had uh, Pelosi's daughter on. <laughs> oh, God. Did you see dude. that, dude? 
<laughs> All right, we'll finish this. Little, there's a little bit left, uh. but I just find this so interesting. Yonder estimates they saw a 150% increase in schools using them in 2023, with more than 2,000 schools participating. It's amazing to see kids come to school and not have to worry about that phone going off and a video being posted of them fighting in the bathroom or them being bullied by someone else on social media. Height says while they aren't foolproof, it's an easy solution for a generation. Dude, I didn't even think about that. You eliminate the assholes doing the stupid shit for likes, like the, the videos of yes. the breaking toilets. Or the kid, kids the kid smashing the chair on the teacher. Right? Yeah, wow. You get rid of I didn't even think about that. You get rid of all that bullshit. Yeah, where's the incentive now if you're not going to get the clicks? See? Nobody's going to see it. Being bullied ah. by someone else on social media. Height says, well, they aren't foolproof. It's an easy solution for a generation in the midst of a mental health crisis. This was a disastrous experiment that we began in the early 2010s. We didn't know any better then. We know better now. All right, man. Huge fan of this news segment. You rarely get some good ones where they are actually covering a serious topic and identifying a problem and showing, hey, look, we have solutions, man. We can make yeah. this better. We can do better with ourselves. Parents, we can be better. Teachers, we can be better. We could teach the youth to be better. Let's, you know, it starts at the top, folks. We got to put our own phones away. Oh, yeah, I guarantee you those kids, their test scores are going to improve. Hey, good call. Yeah, parents, put the phone away. Spend time with the kids. Have dinner time. No phone at the table. Do some conversation, yeah. man. Old school conversation. It's yeah. how we used to do it, man. You know? And uh, this is just really refreshing. I'm glad there's some schools out there. Hey, in New York, look at, look at you, Mr. Progressive. With the, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, well, York, eventually they'll find out yonder's uh, racist. Dude, New sure York, racist. New York is gonna go conservative in the next fucking five years. Oh, I swear to God, yeah, they, with the migrants and, and the training oh, movement, Tr and the Trump's kids. gonna leave the White House and enter governor of, or uh, mayor of New York. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of talk about him going to Congress. No, get the fuck out of here. the guy doesn't want to go to Congress. Then you actually have to do a job. <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you seen some of these people? They're not actually working. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta like raise money. You gotta actually like, you know, Trump just wants to fly around yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be the guy struggling to get to the top. He just wants to sit at the top. Yes, you know? you're right. Yell from his throne, of course. That's <laughs> what he wants, dude. I don't blame him. I personally miss the old Trump getting out of the helicopter, yelling and screaming at the old press corps hanging out just there on the lawn. Running to the press. You, know, <laughs> you couldn't even hold him back like a bull, just storming this crowd, wanting to just tear him to shreds. Uh, that's great. Poor Biden, man. He's just. Man, no, I not was. Um, it. So, did you watch Bill Maher? I, I took in the whole episode this time around. He discussed he had uh, like a liberal panel new york times uh writer he had uh this one lizard like fellow who's a strategist for the dnc who is that guy he always brings him out i know that guy he... is so creepy is he getting creepier he's turning into the bad guy from star wars you know the, <laughs> the emperor he's his eyes everything he's turned every time they showed him i kept telling emma that guy's a lizard like, if you want to know what the alien-lizard uh, hybrids are, that's that guy. He, he's one of he, them. He more looks like those uh, money guys from uh, Harry Potter. Yes. And I'm pretty sure they were supposed to mimic a certain group of people, but we're not going <laughs> to, you know, we're not going to go down that. Like I said, because I'm standing with them currently. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a weird episode. I found it very entertaining how... These two liberal dudes on the panel would say things to get the classic applause line and everything. The Bill Maher crowd, not so leftist anymore. It, it's yeah. in the center, man. There were some quiet moments. There, there was even a part where Bill Maher made a joke in the monologue. And nobody laughed, and then he commented how nobody thought it was funny. I know. <laughs> like, Dude, he can say it all he wants, but his his fans are not centrist. I don't know. I don't think people are into the Democrats right now, even the Democrats. That's what I'm trying to say. I think the Hamas thing is really turning people off. 
It was a major turnoff, dude. Like, big time. You got Ilhan Omar out there, Rashida Tlaib. Like, I think it kind of just, people looked around and realized, oh, we're, we're with these people. And the BLM movement, and then the Antifa, and you just pile everything on there, the economy. How's, how's that Bidenomics doing for everyone right now? I mean, nobody, wants to, nobody really wanted to recognize it, but there was that time in 2016 where, uh, remember, like, the KKK leader was, like, endorsing Trump? Oh, yeah. And it became really ugly, and at, at that point, a lot of people looked around and were like, dude, I'm not cool with this. And pressure came down, and Trump had to just condemn all of them. Remember? Yes. Like, it actually got to the point where he was like, I have to, I don't support these people. I have to say it. They're not my people. Like, that is, I don't know. Well, these two. The, pro- <laughs> the problem is, when, when do you get to that point on the left where you people finally look around and you're like, okay, we, we do not support these people? So, these dudes on his panel over in the Bill Maher real time episode on Friday, they were discussing Biden and his handling of going to Israel and how it was the second war scenario he's entered and how. I told you that was the new thing. It was a. Bill Maher even saying it was a defining moment for Biden as a president and all this stuff. And they, they end up, the dude, the lizard guy, ended up bringing up the fact that, you know, Trump even had to apologize for his statements and how, and then I'm not kidding you, he brought up the very fine people on both sides from the Charlottesville, <laughs> and he tried to relate it to something Trump said. I don't know. I never heard Trump say anything against Israel when it came down to this whole scenario. Uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Everything either. I've heard about Trump has been about his indictments. Well, so. yeah, what I'm saying. I I had no idea what this guy was talking about, but he brought up. He compared Trump's response to the Israel Hamas conflict to his response to the Charlottesville situation. It yeah, was a very weird connection. It didn't make any sense. And also, I'm pretty sure Trump was behind the whole like peace brokered deal that went down there when he was president. And it didn't seem like we had much war going on when Trump was president. Because it was terrible, Frank. His peace, he didn't make peace with Palestine. He, see, Donald Trump went around and looked around and said, oh, everybody wants peace except this group? Okay. <laughs> That's right. Let's make peace with everybody except this group. <laughs> uh, so I get it, all right? They're going to just die on this hill of making Trump this dictator, this evil person, a guy who just is a a warmonger, I guess, or whatever. They can flow with that. But I caught at the beginning the interview with Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra Pelosi. Did you watch any of this segment? Yeah, I I, I didn't really, I don't know, I was working, I couldn't really pay attention. All right, so... I, I didn't really care, it was all about January 6th and... Yes, not only that, she has a second documentary about January 6th, and if you're asking yourself, what was the first documentary about January 6th? <laughs> well, folks, it's, see, she was there on January 6th making a documentary about January 6th. How is that possible unless she knew January 6th was gonna unfold? Well, then you must be asking yourself further, how did she know January 6th was going to unfold? Well, then be- you look around and you're like, wait a minute. Who, why were the police called off on January 6th? Who was in charge of that? Why Her were mother? <laughs> 75% of the crowd were feds? All right. Yeah, what? No idea. Well, how, how did we know this was going to occur? <laughs> so she has a second documentary about the Jan 6th insurrection. And her and Bill go back and forth talking about Republican voters, MAGA supporters, right? And they can't get it through their thick skulls how they are sowing division and hatred just by the way they describe the other, the person on the other side of the aisle. They, for Bill Maher, for some reason, thinks that everybody who votes for Republicans are these is a fat, greasy, you know, MAGA hat-wearing <laughs> yokel, you know? And to, and to make matters worse, this is literally two elitists, people who were born with silver spoons in their fucking mouths, sitting up there, preaching about why you are some disgusting second-rate citizen. 
Because you voted for Donald Trump. And you ain't even exaggerating on that. Bill Maher graduated from Cornell, and they started the interview by embracing each other lovingly, discussing how they've known each other for many, many years and go way back and have a close friendship. That's Bill Maher and Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Folks, Remember that when he reports on Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> it's, it's dude. This is insane. That's disgusting. disgusting. It's disgusting. Yes. So it's I a disgusting. I, and I got it. You know what kills me? This. You know what I thought of the whole time? January sixth, BLM riots are the true test of whether or not you are a Democrat, Republican, or you're in the center. If you look at January sixth and the BLM riots as the same thing, they were equivalent. Then you are a centrist. If you look at BLM, was just yo, know, those were black people standing up for their rights. It was a civil rights movement. It was a summer. Oh, of people, love. January sixth, Tario deserved twenty-two years. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, guess what? You're a fucking Democrat. If you believe, if you if you agree with what these people are saying, you're you're a you're a true blue Democrat. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people honestly look me in the face and compare Jan sixth to nine eleven. Shockingly, and then tell you, and then tell you they're a centrist. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, I, just, right, I really want a candidate that's at the center. Oh yeah, you you wants to condemn the Jan Six rioters. Okay. Well, I did a bunch of snipping and clipping uh, to push a little bit of a point across. I want you all to hear how Nancy Pelosi's daughter and her BFF Bill Maher <laughs> like to talk about the other fifty percent of America. This is how they see you. You can hate Trump. You can't hate all the people who like him. It's half the country. And you talk to these people. You can't be, I unfriend you. <laughs> right. And they're, I mean, watch this movie, folks. They're remarkably, right, likable. And re remarkably likable. You wouldn't believe <laughs> that you could like a person who votes Republican. Remarkable. Well, first of all, it's remarkable. They are actually people. I did not believe that at first. <laughs> it was remarkable I could share sentences back and forth with this animal. <laughs> oh, no, it's like they speak our language. It's crazy. Crazy, they... they speak full English. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, it's remarkable <laughs> that you could even converse with these creatures. Uh, I'm waiting for your third documentary to see if they have feelings. <laughs> That, that's going to be the real icing on the cake here. If I find out these people have feelings. <laughs> In the third documentary, yeah, do MAGA supporters have a conscience? It is been... <laughs> we, it's inconclusive as of right now. The whole second documentary was just, no, they are human. It's crazy. <laughs> you wouldn't believe they it. Are, they are humans who have a story. You know? <laughs> they, they weren't just robots born one day, the next day decided to storm the Capitol. No, it's like they all have a story of the government... Fucking them for an entire life. But listen to how they describe MAGA supporters. The the single brush that they stroke across the canvas to paint for everyone who votes Republican is a. That's what's remarkable here. Right, likable, and relatable. Wouldn't you agree? They're not bad people. They may oh, have oh, thank you, thank you, Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Herself says we are not bad people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. We're not bad. Not bad. <laughs> no, 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 not not bad. We're not bad. bad. Like the way she said it, dude. So nasty. This, this I, so I rewound and watched this segment of the show a hundred times. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe, like, the tone. The, like, again, Bill Maher, Cornell, uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who knows? She probably went to all the Ivy League schools, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I can't get over this crap, man. Wouldn't you agree? They're not bad people. <laughs> they may have done some stupid things. They may be a little broken. They may be a little lost. But they have a different social media feed than you and I have. Yeah, and I get that. Wow, man. Oh, my God, dude, the condescending. <laughs> That's the way you talk about a child. You know, he's 22. He's a little lost. Nancy Pelosi's daughter, how did you unpinch your nose for that long to spew that sentence? <laughs> smell and sniff just, the, the you know, the stench of us poor folk around you in the audience. <laughs>
No, no, I guarantee you if you did a pan around, the audience and all the crew members are wearing masks. She cannot, <laughs> she cannot breathe that air. These are broken and lost people. What? Lost wow, and broken. Dude. You're Frank, you're Frank, I know why you voted for Donald Trump. You're just a lost and broken soul, Frank. You're not a bad guy. No, I just want to be able to go into the Capitol and rape AOC. I'm a simple man. <laughs> I'm a simple MAGA supporter. And you know what? If I see Jesse Smollier walking down the street with a tuna sandwich, I want to beat the crap out of him, all right? That's just, that's just my freedom. That's <laughs> For my no right other reason than he's black <laughs> and right. gay. MAGA, baby, MAGA! It's, I just want to be a simple man, like that simple farmer in, you know, Montana. To be fair, to be fair, I only, we only wanted to beat up Jesse Smollett until we, we realized you support people that kill f***s. Okay, so we didn't know you preferred us to hang the f***s from the building with a sign on them that says we hate f***s. Apparently that's what you gotta do to get the support of the Democrats. Call that you, Hamas. I can't believe the left... Like, how does the LGBTL sandwich, as, how, do they, how do they support as, Hamas? It's so insane. The, literally, literally, as they are out there saying, we are lost and broken people. Not bad. The lost and broken people. As they are saying that, live as they're saying that, their side is protesting for Hamas terrorists. Yeah, it's incredible that you could call yourself a progressive, be a Democrat, be LGBT sandwich, and then on top of it, support Hamas? Support Hamas. Do some fucking homework, man. Study, read a book, one book, written in the last hundred years. There'll be something about how you probably shouldn't be supporting Hamas. We support Hamas and Nazis in Ukraine. <laughs> You know, because we're not we're not like you lost broken people. <laughs> <laughs> you lost broken people <laughs> who support America <laughs> and the Bill of Rights. Right. The best oh, part was when they did they go to the panel. The one guy goes, "What do you say? We're dealing with a Jim Jones moment." That's All right. All the Republicans have drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> All right. I don't know. You guys. Keep doing keep doing your documentaries on January sixth. <laughs> just, just crazy, dude. The way they are just looking down on a, on again, they they stated themselves fifty percent of America. This is how they see you, all of you. It doesn't matter what your uh, financial bracket is, your tax bracket, what you're making per year, where your home is, and I promise you, everyone, what no matter where you live. No matter what kind of neighborhood you are in, you have both a Republican and a Democrat living next to you. It's just the way this yeah. world is. It's America, man. That's how we operate. Yeah. That's why you're supposed to love thy neighbor. And uh, it's incredible to me that Bill Maher and Alexandra Pelosi have the gall and the nerve to, on this show, talk about pretty much everybody in this tone it gets more disgusting <laughs> they, they say like they keep blaming the division on america just because we're lost no you know I mean? no it's we're these people i no, it's yeah, you calling yes. us lost and broken sitting there in your fucking high horse with bill maher i mean come on our country you was the could... least divided for five months when you assholes were off air because of the strike oh good call yeah what did you say about stephen colbert He's in quarantine? He's quarantining, yeah. Why are we still quarantined? Because they want to... They gotta bring back COVID, war no, world, World War Three, something, anything. No. Dude, they're just throwing darts at the fucking dartboard with every kind of cataclysm you could think of. They're like two days from dropping a bomb in a volcano to just like explode Hawaii. Just so something can happen, man. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at with this shit. <laughs> There's a war. If you live near a volcano and you see Oprah Winfrey shopping around for real estate, get out. Get out. <laughs> Run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> Just grab what you can carry and go. <laughs> no, they've tried everything, dude. Nothing will work. Nothing's it's so funny. working. Nobody's even talked about Hunter Biden in weeks. But you know what? I don't even care. Totally honestly, I know these are all a bunch of sick motherfuckers running this country and all their kids are even more sick. Like, I oh, don't yeah. think Hunter's any more clean than Don Jr.
Don Jr. just didn't videotape it. Yeah, but no, Don Jr. actually cleaned himself up. That's the funny part. Sure, but... I never want to give him credit for that. that uh, yes, you're right, actually. He did clean himself up, but I guarantee Don Jr. partied like a Don Jr. would when he oh, was in yeah. his teens and early 20s, and I'm sure there are plenty of stories out there, but Don Jr. was smart enough to not load up four different laptops with just terabytes <laughs> of his dong and illegal <laughs> guns and crack he, cocaine and hookers. Maybe he sobered up. He saw the writing on the wall, the way hard drives were getting smaller, storing more wow. data. He's like, all right, I got to <laughs> Or maybe, I mean, think about where he was hanging out, Manhattan, New York City. You know what I'm saying? Him and Hunter probably hung out a few times, and maybe he went to a Hunter Biden like private party, and he's like, all right, I got to clean my shit up right now. <laughs> that guy's nuts. He's going to bring me down. <laughs> There's no way they didn't party in this. They're, you know what I'm saying? They must have hung out in the same circles. About the, I was all about the hookers and the cocaine. When you start bringing in world leaders, come on. <laughs> I try to start a war here. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. I'm. I love how just disgustingly Bill Maher and his elitist friend there, Little Miss Pelosi, uh, talk about uh, all the Republicans in America, all of them, top to bottom. So uh, here, here we go. You know, conservative, liberal, a lot of it's just a chip in your brain, and it's where you're born. And it's like, and it, you're not going to change them. You're not going to make someone who's a conservative or liberal or you into a conservative. See, it's crazy because so many people took the red pill in the last three years. <laughs> it's crazy to hear this man say that because <laughs> Actually, a lot you're of wrong, people. Billy. You, you can't. It's called COVID. Yes. It's, called, it's called force a lot of people to take some bullshit vaccine or lose their job and it tends to turn a lot of people into republicans the truest red pill is once you take it you realize the only people getting sick with covid are the democrats oh no the rest is <laughs> once you take the red pill you realize how many diseases no longer affect <laughs> That's right. it's fucking crazy there's so many things that only affect Democrats, uh, celiac disease, anxiety, um, COVID, uh, trainism. Just voting for Donald Trump, for some reason, my chances of suicide dropped like 40%. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because you're not a I became a little train. bit happier every day. <laughs> I started to look like that little ball on the Prozac commercials. Remember that, Remember that ball? That was, That's right, dude. That was sad. Wow, yes. Prozac. Man, we, um, we are, Prozac? I don't know, it, it's all the same. Did they, did they even do Prozac commercials? I feel like Prozac was pre the days of the endless commercials for medications. No, what was that? It was like a, just like a, a pencil drawn ball. I do remember that. sad and depressed, couldn't get through the day, then it took Prozac or at, whatever. At this point, it's all Ozempic. They're prescribing <laughs> Ozempic to everything well, the ball for everything. smaller. Oh no! Yeah, well, the face gets bigger, but the body below the fa- uh, ball shrinks. Right? <laughs> oh, melts. Actually, he melts started so- off as a snowman, three balls, but then he took Ozempic. <laughs> For Ozempic commercials, they should just take uh, like a balloon guy and just deflate the body, right? <laughs> Ask your doctor if Ozempic is right for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Side effects are paralysis. Uh, intestinal. Not moving intestines. Your intestines won't push food through your anus. And, and we might um, not be able to uh, reverse the effect of uh, not having any urges to do or eat anything. Side effects may include intestinal paralysis, zombification of brain, and <laughs> melting away of the skin. And worst of all, might look like Amy Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck epic face, just don't give me Amy Schumer face. <laughs> I like that. Side effects may include looking like Amy Schumer. That is like... Oh. Whoa! Doctor, I asked you to fix... I asked you to treat me, not to destroy me, man. Come on. Did you say Amy Schumer face? Fuck that. Give me that AZT from the 80s <laughs> and I'll take that booster of COVID. What the fuck? <laughs> give me that Amy Schumer face. Man. ASF? Nobody, and I mean nobody got the booster. Nobody. Uh, I'm telling you. It's right sad because uh, the government paid for it. We paid for we paid millions for it. of shots that they it. threw out. Yeah, of course, of course. That's the way it is. Should we finish the Bill Maher clip? 
yeah. Let's try it. I hate Pelosi. Right? All of them. That's true. Okay. What happened to her, what happened to her padre about... over there with the hammer guy? Well, she, dude, you're, you're psycho. She alludes to DePampi. That's why I love this clip, dude. She's about to describe what she goes through as this elitist, uh, trying to expose the truth <laughs> of the Jan 6th rioters, right? The, the, the truth in the set. <laughs> like have you seen the documentary? Of DePampi? No, no, of the, this new one, of the new one. No, no, I've not seen this. I've not dude, watched this documentary. I like, I tried to watch it. Man, it is... It's literally like, oh, thank you, rich girl, for coming down from your tower and, and interviewing this poor truck driver. It's unbelievable. You know? Well, the way they're talking, the, check out the whole interview. Bill is interviewing her as if she is this savior who has finally decided to reach across the aisle <laughs> and truly engage the other side. To figure out what is at the core of their psyche and their obsession with Donald Trump. It's so insane. It's so to show us the wrongs of our ways. Bill Maher cannot comprehend that there are people out there making $200,000 a year in their household who are suburbanites who vote for Trump. Bill Maher can't comprehend the fact that there are men out there that make seventy k a year and are just fine and happy and love their life and don't. They just don't need or want more. I, I don't and think... They, uh, <laughs> and they just want the government to leave them alone. That's the thing. That's, that's why they like to. Donald Trump. We've had know? so much government imposition into our lives that we just want them out. We get, get out of here. Get out of I my they, world. I, I think that's why they can't pin down a Donald Trump supporter, because it crosses the spectrum of yes. race and yes. even uh, uh, the, uh, your economic status. It's yes. because it doesn't matter how much you make. A lot of people just... They didn't like what you did with COVID. They don't like what you're doing now, or you're just endlessly sending money to countries we don't give a fuck about. In the meantime, you're deflating the value of my hard-earned money. You know what I mean? It's, a lot of people just want you to leave me alone. It has and nothing to more do with... than anything, dude, what do we always talk about? Stay the fuck away from the kids. Leave my kids alone. And the Democrats yeah. just want to do everything with your kids. They want to have total control of your kids, man. It's, and that, I think, is the big push for most people is get the fuck away from my kids, man. Get your agenda for my kids. Let me raise my kid. Yeah, Let if my kid my asks kid. you any questions about sex, tell him to come ask me. Exactly. I'll talk to, I'll talk to him about it. Call, on a, yes, dude, I just the, – the left has lost their mind – and the way they describe people on the right is funny to me because it's very clear to me a guy like Bill Maher truly doesn't understand who the Trump voter is or who the Republican voter is. Yes, and it's why they're so dumbfounded when they hear polls like uh, Joe Biden is not only losing now to Donald Trump but also Nikki Haley. Did you in this episode with that strategist that they had in the panel? He broke uh, that the crowd actually went like, "Oh!" when he like dropped the information. But uh, it came out this weekend that it, on in the age group below thirty, Trump is out polling Biden. Yeah, yeah. The youth is preferring Trump over Bidenomics and the Biden policies because they're just lost souls. Right? Lost souls, people. dude. Some of them, I assume, are good people. Most of them, <laughs> rapists and thugs and murderers. Social media, the, the way it's put everybody in their own little bubble, and it's sort of brainwashed them to believe that certain people are evil, and they've just been programmed to hate. I got, I'm sorry, I got to stop. We're never going to... I'm sorry, but nonstop on the left-wing media, yeah, all I hear about... I <laughs> no, 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 but all I hear about in left-wing podcasts and everything, like especially yes. the Trump Save Pod, they love, like, they've, they're not bad people. They've just been brainwashed by the con man of Trump. And, and it's like, dude, excuse me, brainwashed? Did I, am I not currently living through a time where you defunded the police because you all believed that was going to cure our problems in society. And Talk we, about brainwashing. And we're going to do George Floyd in the next episode. I implore uh, everyone to check it out. We're, we're brainwashed. All of you assholes locked yourselves in your fucking homes and ordered Grubhub for two years because of COVID. Oh, COVID. You went and got your boosters. You guys are still fine. 
you want to talk brainwashing? The oh, least man. brainwashed people I've ever talked Right now, the people who are, uh, I hate to call them Trump supporters because most of the people I talk to will vote for Trump. But really, they just don't want establishment people. They're going to vote Republican. It doesn't matter who's on the ticket. I think that's the but truest statement. They're going to vote Republican, but then they're going to vote in the primary. They're going to vote Trump over all the other ones because everybody just wants somebody that's not an establishment. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. You know, that's you why RFK, <laughs> he's got a great chance of stealing a lot of votes from whoever runs. No, it's actually because looking like he's going to steal a massive chunk from Democrats because he actually has already come out in support of a lot of things that Republicans are not into. And it's becoming very clear the goal of Kennedy. I think he's there to take Biden out of the race. I really, really? do. Yes. Uh, he, Dude, Kennedy is in support of a lot of shit, uh, even with gun rights and all this other stuff that Republicans are not into. And yeah, it really got the reparations. Reparations was a big uh, one that he declared this week, and I it, when I read the reparations thing, I kind of had an aha moment. Like, I know what you're doing. I know exactly what you're doing. He's going to steal the black vote because they hate Biden. Yes, he's going to steal the vote from Biden. It, Kennedy is not going to affect Trump. In fact, Kennedy being there gives Trump the win. It's the whole reason he's there. Uh, maybe I think he peels off a lot of the people that you know we talk about that were red pill, dude. If he's in, I'm voting him over Trump. I really just kind of see what's going on here with Kennedy in as far as the warring factions of the alphabet agencies. It's pretty clear that there is a difference between certain groups, FBI, CIA, DIA, and I think they all have their own certain agendas. And I think what you are seeing and witnessing in real time is kind of both groups going at it right now. And they each have their own candidate. And I, I, I think there's an element of, uh, you know, I, I don't think Biden got in there totally legitimately as in, I believe, most presidents probably, whoever wins the presidency, that's the group that kind of probably stole it the best. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's just so how it, it works. Like. And so either way. And so I feel like there's now this concerted effort to get Biden out. This was not a good group. They snuck in. They don't want the Biden regime. Well, I, I think doing he was thing. supposed to not run again. That was like yes, you know, I agree. I totally agree. He agree. was supposed to step down. Absolutely, but I'm almost assuming Biden, total puppet at this point, completely brain dead. Probably we've seen multiple actors in masks, and it's probably the people around Biden, the family members, and Obama, who's probably running this whole thing from the basement, as he said he would, uh, you know, ten years ago. It seems a lot like, you know, the strings are being pulled to keep these people in power around Biden, not necessarily Biden himself. Yeah. And they're all getting so much money. I mean, did you see he just went on TV asking for a hundred more billion dollars to fund not just Israel, who probably doesn't even need the money, but also Ukraine, because he <laughs> definitely gets 10% of the kickbacks. And I love how you're like, we need to, he literally did this whole speech about how we need to spend this hundred billion to like, Save all these regions of the world. But the one place where I'm getting 10%, that's where we're going to send 60% of we got to send most of the money to that place where I'm laundering the money. You see what's going on here? <laughs> 60% is going to go to the Joe Biden laundromat over here. Man, if there's any victim truly in this whole thing, it's Zelensky's sleeves, dude. Have you seen him? They're tattered. He hasn't had any new stitches going on there. No new pockets. He's out of cocaine. He's, he's, he's looking so depressed, but now he's really starting to look like a beggar. Yes. You know what I mean? He's, he's so desperate for anybody to get it? paying attention. <laughs> he's money. struggling, dude. <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of, I mean, look, I'm trying not to get myself canceled tonight or killed. So I'm trying to be on my best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> or killed, but we're the dramatic ones. Who's, who's going to cancel you? All right, that's where I ended it, and I loved that. Canceled or killed, and you know who she was referring to. My favorite anti-hero of the modern era, David DePappy. That's right, the hammer-wielding, underwear-clad, <laughs> madman, mega, mega, mega supporter, supporter who was who homosexual. In <laughs> <Berkeley>. <laughs> <laughs> you know... The typical mega 
Bag of supporter from the communes of Berkeley. <laughs> She's referring to the the infamous David DePappy who snuck into allegedly the the Pelosi residence and um you know attacked Mr. Paul Pelosi with that hammer. He was a diehard mega supporter, <laughs> and he was also a Canadian immigrant who lived in a commune who supported Berkeley, the LGBT community. Who he himself? I think he he did the pronoun thing, wasn't he a pronoun guy, fellow lady? Yeah, I think he's gay. Yeah, he's <laughs> he gay. was gay. <laughs> he was the young lady sitting shotgun when he uh, got into the accident. I have always said that, and I I believe it to this day that he was the and he was probably there, you know, trying to get his money back for the you know the drugs <laughs> that got stolen from him in the situation, right? <laughs> the real victim of the whole thing. David, David Pappy. Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's a disgusting. Well, interview. there's there's I, your hero. There's your uh, documentary filmmaker. I guarantee this asshole wins an Academy Award for this movie. Oh, it's already in the bag for sure. For sure, I know for it's sure. gonna happen. It, it, the writing's on the wall. I still can't believe it's just. Considered chance, coincidence, if you will, that she was there with her crew to film Nancy Pelosi on the day that we had the greatest insurrection since the Civil War. But that was the first uh, documentary. This one, she goes and interviews all the people like after they've gotten their sentences and everything. Yeah, I know, and it's uh, pretty... I, I, apparently, it's kind of a sad movie. It's terrible. She's terrible. Bill's terrible. Yeah, this gave me a gross new light on Bill Maher, I gotta say. And it's been pretty obvious for many years, he's very out of touch with the common man, the people. He's always about the people. The people. Always the people. <laughs> but he's really not. Bill and he's not a Democrat. I'm, I'm always in the center. You give me a good Republican. Hasn't been a good Republican in 30 years. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm just getting, uh, I, you know, I see the full Bill Maher now especially after that interview. <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. Like, the way they embraced each other. Old friend, oh, someone I mean, I've known my whole life. Old friends with Nancy Pelosi's daughter. You gave a million dollars to Obama's campaign because it was the most important campaign of our lifetime. The generation. Do you remember that election, though? Yeah. Like, uh, the Daily Show, it was Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert embraced each other with tears in their eyes. They were crying like babies because, because this gay crackhead just got <laughs> elected to president. Man, I love Allegedly. that. He's, nah, he's he's a gay man. He's a crackhead. I think it's look at him now. Look at some of the pictures of him and like the videos of him. He looks like a crackhead. He always did have kind of that gay man vibe, but I never, you know, it's hard to tell with blacks because it could just be a very, you know. You're right. There is an ultimate test for the gay fellas, and it's dancing. Okay, that you put it's on dancing a, and clothes. Yes, but I can with the black fellas. Black fellas, uh, they be styling, so you can't no, really, so I mean, yeah, you can't judge with the style. And you might think they look gay, but then two months later, you realize they were just ahead of the style. Yeah, no, they. The black yeah, fellas no. dress good. They they know what they're doing there. They they're, you know. And they know how to dance. You know. So, but the dance, that's the key, right? It's all about that, you know, the hip ass shimmy where they t- look back behind themselves, right? And they, they put the <laughs> hands on the on the thighs. They stick the butt out and they shimmy the butt Whoa. back. That, dude, I don't know. I don't know what black guys are dancing for you, dude. <laughs> that's the dance move. Folks, I think we've already established I got about one no, foot out the door no, here. No, dude, no, dude. The closet you've has been unlocked. The, you've come out of the closet so many times. <laughs> There's no more closet. You've worn out everything. You've worn out the hinges. The door frame is gone. <laughs> My head's peeking through the doggy door at the bottom of the... Uh... <laughs> That's not a black guy's dance for my boyfriend dances for me. He's always putting his hands on his on his thighs and shaking his like, what are you talking about, dude? Let me tell you about me and my fella when we're alone, all right? <laughs> <laughs> his name's Barry Sotero. And uh he's a gentleman. He always brings the crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs>